Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I've never asked you, Oliver, how you know Josh as well as you do. JD and I met through golf, actually. Ah, there you go. That's how I meet everybody. I mean, that's yeah. how we that's how we got to be friends, you know? I was about to eat a carrot and then I realized that we're uh we're recording our podcast. I thought you were gonna say you almost ate a carrot until you realized it was a carrot. <laughs> That's stupid, Joe. Why would I'm I say sorry. that? I don't know because I don't feel like you eat a lot of carrots. Um, I haven't. I've actually, uh, I have a bowl of carrots in front of me because I have to start eating healthy. Uh, I, I just, I'm a fucking mess. I'm just a mess. I like when you get manic like this. I just, you know, I, I, I'm my midsection is big. I'm not sweating the way I want to. I have heartburn, like. I don't know what's going on. I have to cleanse my body, but at the same time, I don't want to go on one of these cleanses that doesn't allow me to sort of have a cocktail when I want one, you know? Right, and therein lies the conundrum. Why don't you just have, uh, you drink tequila, why don't you just drink one like tequila on the rocks? That's not going to kill you. No, I know, but what's the fun in that? I don't know. What's the fun in any of it? Oh, I'm kind of down today, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, I went no, and hit I, balls I, today. I, I found a new a new swing thought. My chipping is like otherworldly. I'm none of this is going in the podcast. By the way, <laughs> I'm not talking about golf in the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I I just I need I need some inner healing. I need some body healing. I am I'm not in a good spot. You know, I just went on a run. I just got back from a run. Took it easy. But I don't know. I feel like shit, dude. It's I know you were shit. early on this call, so I think things are. This cruise ship is turning. I'm trying to do better in my life. Like I, I, I think I'm going a little crazy. I think there's a part of me that's losing it just a little tiny bit, you know, because um, of the quarantine or maybe just... I. It's just the same thing every day, every day, and you know, look, everyone's going through it, but. Uh, you know, I, I, it might be wearing on me. I don't know. I just, it's the drinking and the eating of the bad food. Like if I, if I could, I just need to be healthy. And, I, and that's why I'm, I have a big bowl of fucking carrots in front of me. I had a smoothie this morning. I went on a run and now I've got carrots. Okay. I don't know what is my next food choice is going to be. And I, I fear it. I have fear 
of going into the refrigerator because there's nothing that that is enticing. So, no, that's that's all fair. I, why don't you eat the carrot while we do this and see if it makes you feel better? I've eaten a few carrots, um, you know, and I think my eyesight's going. Speaking of carrots, well, there you go, carrots. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, that's been my state since the last time we chatted. I'm just, I don't know. Uh, well, how are you, Joe? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like uh, sports-wise, everybody's starting to kind of formulate a plan, so I'm not as down about the prospect of actually calling games in 2020. And again, with the disclaimer, people are fighting for life and death. I get that. Uh, but I think I think that there will be sports in 2020. I just feel like there's too many things going on out there with regard to ways to socially distance and still play mm-hmm. you know, with fa- with fans i don't know about that part i think that's i think that's less than 50 50 i haven't talked to a lot of people that believe there'll be fans in any arenas in 2020 that could change no i don't want you to answer anything okay but do you know anything that you cannot reveal i swear to god on the health and well-being and futures of my Sons and daughters, I know nothing. Okay. I really don't. I don't think anybody knows because there's too much up in the air. There's too much. uh, I think there's too much unknown still about how this virus is going to last. And Mm -hmm. if it's going to come back with a vengeance in the fall and how it's going to look once football season rolls around or deep into the baseball season, I don't think anybody knows. So I, I really don't, but I'm, I'm hopeful. At least there's at least, at least it's moving in a direction that is hopeful. You know, there's so much stuff that I should have read by now. There's so many books in my office (laughs) that I should have just ripped through by now during a quarantine. And I still, it's like, if I'm not going to read this book now, yeah. I should just throw it away. Throw it away. That's a great point. I, I I find the same thing. Like, there's so much time to do all of the things that we wish that we could do. And for some reason, we don't fucking do them. I, I, I'm, the same, I'm the same exact way. I should have written a script by now. You know, my excuse always is, I don't have the time, and I have the kids, and I'm doing a show or whatever. And, and now all I have is time. And the last thing I want to do is sit down and, like, write a script. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way, and I'm I'm. Uh, there's work. There's actual work that I should be reading about baseball mm-hmm. and setting up the season and who's mm-hmm. changed teams to where. And man, I just can't do it. So yeah. it's I need a deadline. I need more. And I was like that in college. I need kind of up against it. Yep. To get something done. And with regard to like finally reading the Grapes of Wrath, which I should have read when I was seventeen. It's still sitting here. Are there well, any books could... that you've said that you've read? That I haven't? That, that you haven't? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, Catcher in the Rye. I'm always like, oh, yeah, Holden Caulfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. No, oh, what, a, what a character. What, what, a, what a character. But no, I, I've never fucking read it. Um, yeah. Grapes of Wrath. That's another one. You know, all the classics. A Farewell to Arms. Yeah, I've never said that I've read that. I did read The Old Man in the Sea. That's, that's, that's easy. That's the book 
that I have read the most in my life. I've read that book maybe eight, ten times. I love it so much. It's my favorite book. Really? Uh-huh. What would, what would compel a man to read a book more than once? Well, because it's, it's, sh- it's short. It's sort of like a novelette, if that's what it's called. A novelette. Uh-huh. And, and uh, it's about a man and his fight with a fish, but much more than that. And I'm a huge fisherman, and I've oh, been I've, a yeah, fisherman all my one. life. Yeah. And I love the ocean, and Santiago's an amazing character. The, I, I just I dig it. I, I just dig it a lot. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good on, like, the Daniel Silver. Like, I, I've, I've got to get out of reading fiction. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel Silva, I, I read, I've read pretty much everything he's put out. I don't know that it's improving my life. Now, you know what I've, you know what I've been doing is my kid has been having to read books for school and I've been reading with him and uh, like the same book. And I just read Lord of the Flies, like all these old, these books that I used, I read a long time. Do they make you read the books and then kind of do their work for them? Because my sister and I used to make my grandma, who was an unbelievable reader, read all of our stuff and basically just give us the cliff notes version of yeah. what like Hans Brinker. I remember in grade school, we were supposed to read and I just handed it to her and three days later it was finished and she had like a written report <laughs> and I flipped it around and sent it on in. That's very smart. That's very smart. No, no, no. They have to read the book, but I, I, I allow them to listen to it sometimes, but I read the book with them. But I just, I just, I just banned Wilder from Fortnite for the whole week because he just, with this homework situation, just didn't do shit. I mean, literally didn't do shit. And then I go, I walk into his room and he's on his phone and I'm like, are you still not doing it? And he goes, whatever, you know, one of those. And I'm like, I learned it from you, dad. I learned it from you. By the way, he did. And I said to him. And this might be bad parenting, but I said, look, it's about getting by as well. Don't just not do it. If you have to fucking call a friend and copy answers, at least do that. Oh, my God. They're going to haul you off. No, they are not. They yeah, are they not. Are. No, You're they're teaching not. your child to, to cheat? No, you're teaching my child not to just give up. I'm teaching my child to figure shit out. In life, it's about figuring it out. It doesn't always go your way, right? So you got to figure it out. What if you just gave up every single time it didn't work out for you? Sometimes you got to figure it out. There are alternative ways. But not in this case. Not in the case of I'm not doing my homework. Not in the case of I'm not reading my book. There's no reason to have him try to skirt the actual assignment. Do you think that I'm an articulate intellectual man that has a lot to say? So let's talk about our guest uh, no. today. Do you think do you think that I'm a an intellectual articulate man who has a lot to say? Yes, Just, I do. Yeah, okay. So this is how I dealt with school. I didn't like school, but I knew how to get by. I knew how to finagle. And it served me great in my life. And it doesn't mean that later on I didn't want to read and learn and philosophize. You know what I mean? I'm just a late bloomer. But what I did learn from high school was how to get by, how to figure shit out. <laughs> That's the cackling of Josh. Josh. Did you hear what I was saying, JD? I was listening to uh, Fortnite. I was, I was, I was peeping in on your conversation there for a now, minute. You know, do you have? Do you? Is there any? Do you agree with me at all in that? In 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 what? 
and getting by, meaning like, you know, look, you obviously want your children to be good students, of course. You want them to do the work on time and, and get it right or try hard. But sometimes, you know, you're up against the wall. Yep. Now, I would rather my kid not just say, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to run into the wall and fall on my back. Let me figure out how to get around the wall. That in itself is a skill, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think that it's important for kids to act, to find that inside of themselves. It's not about cheating. It's not about <laughs> trying to buck the system all the time, but you have to figure shit out in life. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Wilder's so, right here right now. What do you need? Hey, Wilder. Wilder, come here. He got uh, punished. No Fortnite <laughs> for the whole week because of this. <laughs> How's that feel, man? Uh, Not so great, but I should have been doing my work. Instead of just not paying attention to See, it. There, there you go, Oliver. That's that's a good example of a kid who's trying to figure out how to get by. He knows what he knows the right thing to say to his dad <laughs> in order to get back into Fortnite. He's like, I know I did something wrong and I should have been doing my homework. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly he knows exactly what to say. Here's yeah. the most important question, Wilder. He said a week. Yeah. What's the realistic number of days? that he will hold you out of the game Fortnite a week? Yes, no. most likely. But if I like actually try to get my work done these past few days and try to like try hard and stuff, he might bring it down to like Thursday maybe or Friday. Do you um, negotiate? He's negotiating right now. He is. Yeah. This, he's doing exactly what Oliver was saying he needs to learn how to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, hey, so are, is Fortnite still a thing, huh? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, the kids in my school and other kids in, like, Colorado and stuff are playing it. But, you know, it's the here and there. Yeah. So. But am I a great dad? Sometimes. <laughs> How about if Oliver leaves and Josh and, uh, and Joe and Wilder talk? Yeah. Can we do that? <laughs> sure. I don't know. <laughs> I have to go uh, to Zoom right now. All right. We'll call it Buck Wilder. <laughs> I think Tom Green was in that movie. Uh, Tom Green. Hi, we got a new we got a new name for our, the podcast called Buck Wilder. <laughs> That's great. I like that. Uh, so I got two friends that dip still. You dip still a little bit, Ollie. Yeah, I, I stopped. I stopped when I golf, you know, when I golf. But yeah, I was crazy for a while. JD, I, th I think JD got me into it. But Did I? Yeah, because when we started playing golf, that's how that's how Josh and I met is through golf. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, what's that? Well, you know who got me into it? Troy Aikman. Really? Troy Aikman. I remember him having a big dip in his lip after a game. And I was like, well, if Tom, if, if Troy Aikman can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. I told, okay. you, I told you Troy Aikman was my biggest hero growing up, right? I know. And, uh, was and like, that was that was that was my guy. Well, you a quarterback, right, yeah. JD? Yeah. Still are, right? Always uh, a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I well, I you play. played. I mean, you played collegially at Minot. Yeah, Minot State. Minot State. Yeah. Uh, righty, yeah. lefty. Righty, Older righty. I got a little bit of a bum shoulder. I think that's why I didn't get drafted in this. <laughs> that's the reason I was like dude I'm, I'm available I just have to do a little rehab on my shoulder but I'm still 
I'm ready. <laughs> so the obvious question, Josh, is how's life? How how are you uh, getting along during this uh, pandemic, comma quarantine world? I am. I'm good. You know, I, it's it's. I have. I live between two different places right now. I've been going out to my cabin in the woods. I spent the first two and a half weeks out there in Minnesota, and. You know, it's almost like it didn't even exist. I was just on my tractor. I was on my chainsaw. I was just like chopping wood. I was just doing all kinds of stuff, getting ready for spring. And my days were filled with just like, you know, running through the woods like I did as I, when I was a kid. And and so I come back to here in California, and it's harder to find things to do. It truly mm-hmm. is. I'm, a, I'm going a little bit crazy. I'm a little bit – I'm starting to really question – you know, what, if, if this is what we really should be doing, should there be some sort of herd immunity we should be doing? Should we let healthy people out and keep the ones who are susceptible in? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I don't know. I mean, how is it worth, is this, is all of this worth, um, you know, completely, you know, tsunamiing the entire world's economy? That's what I keep going back and forth about. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. It's like, you know, if, if they said, all right, let's open it up or even, Oh, slowly open it up and then it starts to get worse. I guess then you just got to shut it down. But then will you be hammered for opening it up? You know, I don't know. I think we're in just a weird, precarious spot. But I'm with you, dude. I'm losing it. I'm losing it a little bit. I was before you came on, I was just telling Joe, I was like, this week, especially, something has clicked or snapped. It really started. I started to get a little bit crazy this week. Yeah. I'm sanding my deck right now. I'm almost done. I should be done today. We're going to replace a few screws, and then we're going to start staining it tomorrow. So that's oh, well, that's that's good. Something. What yeah. about you, Joe? I I just I don't know that you could give a laundry list of things you're doing that could make me feel like less of a man. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm changing diapers. Uh, I have two year old twins. My 23 and 20 year old girls are in town, so they're over helping. Um, but I've never sanded anything since I left shop class in sixth grade, and I wish I did. I, I'm jealous. I wish I could get away and stain a deck or whatever the hell you're doing out there. That's that's the North Dakota. That's the North Dakota boy right there. Well, listen, I, I, this deck has needed this for like six years, and I've been avoiding it because I didn't want to do it myself. And I don't ever sand anything either, but I was like, like well, what else am I going to do? Did you, buy, did you buy a power sander? Well, I've got it. Yeah, I bought a, an orbital sander, but I also borrowed my neighbor's uh, belt sander. Okay. And so we we take off the first part of it with the belt sander, then we go over and sort of smooth it out with the orbital. Are you doing this solo? <laughs> I am. I am. Dude, I I power washed um, my deck the other day, and it was one of the most amazing experiences I've had in a long time. You did. It was it's a power washer. Oh, but a power washer is is the greatest purchase that I have ever made. I, I saw mean, your I saw your 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 post about wanting to power you want to power wash anything now. <laughs> I do, I do. It's, yeah, I yeah do. there's got to be and there's got to be an HGTV show in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got two people that have been on like the world's sexiest man list or beautiful people list that are out there like power sanding and power washing and yeah. Do you have a lathe? Do you know what a lathe? Could you identify a lathe in a lathe? Yes. No. What is a lathe? It's a woodworking instrument, isn't it? A wood to, a woodworking tool. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, could you, if you saw one, would you go, oh, there's, oh, look at that lathe. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I was power washing with my shirt off and Aaron filmed me and then I watched it back and almost threw up. So can you it, please send me that video? I will. I mean, like I, my, it just, it was so unsexy. What part did you not like the most when you looked at yourself? She filmed me from like the back and my lower back just, it, I, I've lost a V and I've <laughs> I'm moving into like a bit of an hourglass, you know, (laughs) (laughs) my love handle. I was like, oh, Jesus, dude. And then, of course, I turned to camera and my big gut came out and, you know, (laughs) oh, and by the way, here's what's happening. My gut is no longer just the lower gut. I'm developing an upper gut. Like it starts at my rib cage now. Like (laughs) I need to figure my shit out, dude. Like serious. That's what you missed, Josh. Is we got on here and he's really, he has a bowl of carrots next to him, <laughs> and he went on a run. He drank a shake, and this is not a shtick for the podcast. This is you know Oliver well enough to know this is his neuroses that are that are coming up and biting him on this day. Tomorrow will be yeah. different, but today yeah, yeah. he feels like shit. You know, yeah. an hour from now it'll be different. Yeah, this is this is a this is a moment to moment thing. I know that's the problem with no. Me. I mean, nobody's ever eaten that amount of carrots either. Just be, make it realistic. <laughs> it's like thirty-one carrots in in a bowl, and put the hummus away or whatever the hell you're putting on, like ranch dressing. I'm not. It. It's just straight up carrot, dude. It's straight yeah. up carrot. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have to work at it, Josh? I mean, you're mid forties. Do you have to work at staying in shape, the kind of shape you're in? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in much better shape than Oliver. That's for sure. I've been. Uh, yeah, I try to. You know, I, I mostly try to manage injuries now. I mean, I've got a shoulder thing. I've got, you know, last year was an elbow thing. Uh, so for me, the best thing that I've been doing over the last couple of years is yoga. Yoga for me is like. Mm-hmm change my my knees i couldn't i couldn't hardly squat all the way down before but now i can you know my knees are back but oh, here's God. the problem with yoga it, it takes and i've, I've tried i've got, gotten on the ramp a few times mm-hmm. but it's hard to get past the initial parts of yoga to where you actually feel like and i'm broken down too but you actually feel like you got something out of it yeah. I, I wasn't willing to do enough sessions do you do hot yoga I've done hot yoga. I just don't like having my nose up some sweaty person's ass. <laughs> I mean, the rooms are not big. So you're just, it's just, especially now, hot yoga has got to be gone oh, for man. the rest of time. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine the the infestation in those rooms? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, that, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I it, like I said, I love yeah. it. And it's it's kind of keeps keeps me sane. And yeah, dude, we, we, we used to go to hot yoga together. Yeah. <laughs> Call it Broga. Yeah, that's right. Broga. Hot broga. Oh my God. Uh, so you know, it's funny. Josh is is the people that do research for us, and I've I've known you some over the years and Ali knows you way better, but you're really a private guy, aren't you? I mean, as much as you can be being uh, an actor and a celebrity in Los Angeles, I feel like you keep stuff pretty damn quiet. 
Really? Why do yeah, you? I, because sometimes I feel like I'm too out there. Really? Man, I, don't, I, don't I don't. I don't feel that way. And and I and I, I I feel like you're kind of mysterious in a good way. Like you're not in everybody's face all the time. And when people see you or hear you, it's like. Oh man, this is Josh Jumel. That's I, I. I don't know. I, I don't get that sense. What do you, Oliver? Do you well, evaluate? I think, I think what it is though is like you know whatever the whatever the press wants to pick up on JD is what they pick up. But JD hasn't hasn't really talked much in the press about his life and how you grew up and your childhood and all, you know all of that stuff. Not a lot of people know you know about sort of your upbringing. So you know. I mean, just talk for a minute about sort of where you grew up, how you grew up, and how it all, how your life was, you know, brothers and sisters and all that. Oh, boy. All right. So I was, I was a kid who grew up with not much. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was a fourth grader. And it was, it was tough times for several, several years after that. Uh, even before that, you know, I lived, we lived out, out of the city limits. I was sort of out in the country not far. I wasn't like a, a country kid per se, but I was, I did spend my, most of my time outside, you know, exploring the woods, which is partly why I think I love doing what I'm doing out at my cabin so much. Now I think I'm sort of reliving that, but you know, I spent a lot of time outside North Dakota, middle of summer, you know, winters were a different story, but after my parents got divorced, I think is when things really started to turn, uh, it was still probably the most traumatic thing I'd ever gone through because I was old enough to know what was going on. And it was, it was terrible. And, and was it a bad divorce? I mean, was yeah. it like an amicable thing? Right? Yeah. 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 They still don't really talk. It's, it's, it pisses us off. But yeah. anyway, so we, you know, I, we grew up not with not a lot. My dad, my dad struggled for a, quite a while. My mom struggled for a while. We were bouncing from house to house uh, and, you know, eventually now they're both back on their feet and doing well, but, you know, it, it took a long time. And I think that there was a lot of anger. I was always a really sort of sensitive kid. I remember, I'll never forget my dad, you know, I was very competitive too. I was very much into sports. And I remember, you know, I would, I would, you know, something wouldn't go right in, in, in hockey or basketball and I would cry. Mm. I was a crybaby. And, it was because I was so competitive and I remember my dad taking me aside and going, kid, nobody likes a cry baby. You got it. You got it. You got to learn how to take it and, and, and not let them, not let them see what, what you're feeling. And, and I remember just going, he's right. He's right. But I, I it took me a while to, and I still sometimes am overly sensitive about things, but I'll never forget that. And I'll also never forget my dad telling me, I was struggling. I went to this, this lab school. It was a campus laboratory school. It was like a, uh, on the university at Minot State. And it was where student, it was a teacher's college. So the, teacher, the student teachers would come in and they would, they would try out their new curriculums on us. And so we had a, it was a very sort of free flowing environment. There weren't desks. There weren't, we had like stations we'd go to. It was very much about art and sort of very progressive for a, for a mine in North Dakota back in the you know early eighties. And I, I ended up getting in, you know, after, after I left there, after sixth grade, I went to like a regular school, Eric Ramstead uh, junior high. And now it was like a formal sort of situation. And I struggled 
because I wasn't used to studying similar to what Wilder's going through. I didn't, you know, I was, my grades were not there. And my dad, my dad sits me down again. He goes, kid, nobody likes a dummy. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Josh, I've, I noticed two things. You're a crybaby dummy. And these are the two things that we're going to work on. And, and from then on, I was in, and as hard as that was, and as sort of old school as that was in, in parenting, I don't think that they would recommend that in any of the new books out there, but <laughs> it worked because it, it made me be like, you know what? He's, and I trusted my dad enough and I knew where he was coming from in that he was, he cared about me and didn't want me to have to, you know, suffer ridicule. Yeah. Well, he also made, he knew, he knew how to get through to you. You know, yeah. maybe that didn't work for your sister, but for you, he's probably like, this is the way to get through to that kid. And, and, and I think maybe not with that kind of a language necessarily, but I do think we are missing some of that a little bit in yeah. our parenting these days where it's a little bit more tough love. Like, look, don't be an idiot. No one likes an idiot, dude. Like, <laughs> get your shit together, you know? Did you have a... Uh, oh, go ahead, Joey. I was just going to say, I had a fight with, with my wife, Michelle, last night because of her. She's from... Not that this matters, but she's more kind of the free love. I'm from Colorado. Let's not say no to our two-year-olds. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm sitting there watching Blake color up and down his leg while she's just watching him and I, and saying no, but not really saying no. I'm like, I'm going to show you how to say no. And I just ripped the marker out of his hand. I'm like, no, because he's, he's, she's saying, trying to reason with a two-year-old like, oh, you know, then now that's not the right thing to do. I'm like, he doesn't know no fucking English. He's two. Just say no and rip it out of his hand and he'll know that no means don't do that anymore. So, we're going back and forth, and I know that there's there's ground in the middle there that's probably the right ground, but right. Oliver and I talk about this every week. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say life's tough. It's okay mm -hmm. to, to not give everything, and you got to set these boundaries early or you're going to wind up with a brat. Did yeah. your dad, did your dad, Joe, was he disciplined? Was he a disciplinarian with you? He's scared. Yeah. I mean, it was, if, if we fought my sister and I when my mom and dad went out to dinner and they got a quote unquote bad report from whatever babysitter they could trick into watching us that night mm -hmm. the belt came off right now he never really whacked me but he would chase me around the room and eventually we'd kind of laugh and he would go it would fizzle out but I was scared I was scared enough to not get in a fight the next time with my sister and and I don't know I, I don't know where it is it's somewhere short of that but you got to be willing to tell your kid no yeah or the rest of the world will well you talk about all these books no well you talk about all these books right all these books I'm gonna write a book called fear and bribery because the truth is that's what parenting is it's about fear and bribery Meaning, like, if you do this, I will give you this. If you don't do that, I will do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's pretty yeah. much it boils down to that. Shit. You've got you've got a cute title, but you're not going to write it. No, it's a good title though. Yeah, um, but you're not going to write it. No, 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 hell no. I don't have that kind of time, dude. What are you crazy? <laughs> hey, but the um, that's right, JD. How is your relationship with your dad? growing up as a kid pre and post divorce and all that. Great. We have a great relationship. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's awesome. My dad is 
awesome. He's been, you know, he's, he's, he's given me a lot of sound advice over the years without even really realizing it. You know, he does, he's, mm-hmm. he'll say things even now that I'm like, you know what, you're right. You know, he's, 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 he's old school. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he doesn't, he's not very mushy. Uh, there weren't a lot of hugs from either parent growing up. It was, uh, but there was love there. It was just, a, they just didn't have the same kind of tools that I think. And it's weird because I'm a very sort of affectionate person, me and my sister. And I don't know where we got it because neither of my parents were affectionate. Mm, that's interesting. But, but he's, uh, but yeah, he, he, you know, he's, he said some things to, that really sort of stuck with me. Like a couple of years ago, this is when I first got, when I first got the cabin. So let me lay out what I have up in Minnesota. So I, it, it happened in phases. So originally I wanted to get, I wanted a place out there where, near where he was. Cause I just loved Lake, I love Lake life and I wanted to someday have a cabin. So I bought, there was one of his buddies had, he was selling half a parcel, which was 12 acres. There's no, nothing on it. Just, just open land on a lake, beautiful crystal clear Lake in Minnesota. Um, and the only thing, and since then I bought that Craig passed Craig Cody, the guy that owned the other half that passed away. He had this little hunting shack on it. No electricity, no water, but it was it was something. It was a structure. I bought that. If uh, I've since brought water in, and I'm about to bring electricity into it. And then, I, and then a few years after that, the one the property next to that went up for sale. Another 26 acres with a cabin with electricity for 189 thousand bucks. I was like, wow. yeah. And now I got 54 acres out there. Wow. But, but to go back when I first got the first property. The first property there was all I had was a floating dock. The first thing I bought was a floating dock so that I could I could walk out onto the lake and be like, oh my god, I'm I got property on a lake. It was the only structure that I had, and it was it was early in the spring and the and the ice had just gone off the lake and it was freezing, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go diving in. I stuck my toe. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. It's kind. Of, and my dad's like, come on, be a brave soul, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Dad. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be a brave soul. <laughs> I jumped in the water, uh, and, and and to this day, I still say the same thing to my kid. I'm like, come on, if he's afraid to do something, I'm like, be a brave soul. Don't be, a, don't be don't be scared. You know, you're gonna be fine. Uh, he told me things like, who, uh, you know, find a woman who sees things from a positive light. Mm-hmm. Well, a girl who sees the cup half full. Mm-hmm. Um, Find a woman who loves her dad mm-hmm. because if she doesn't love her dad, she's inherently not going to love men and she's not going to, you know, that's right. There's always gonna be issues. Your girls and, are screwed, Buck. <laughs> and so those kinds of things, you know, my dad has been great, you know, without knowing it, he's passed on a lot of really cool stuff. That, that, yeah. Your dad is awesome. I know yeah. your dad. Yeah. And do you feel like you have bringing that sort of wisdom to Axel, to your boy, you know, I mean, or do you do things your own way? You know, are there things that you look at, you know, that your dad might have done that you don't do? Yeah, I'm a little more. I'm. A, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I, I definitely, you know, impart some of the stuff that both my parents taught me. But like I said, neither one of them were very affectionate. Uh, and I'm a lot more affectionate with him than, you know, we have a very good tight relationship. He loves me and he loves, he loves to be around. He just follows me everywhere. Uh, so, so yeah, but part of me is also like, am I not being tough enough? Sometimes I wonder if I am being tough enough and I am instilling the right things into this kid that he's going to need, or am I being too soft? I think that 
I think that I'm doing a decent job. You know, we, I think we always, you know, none of us are really, we're all kind of figuring it out as we go. Yeah, dude. No. It's, it's it's not even about like it's not about if we fuck up our kids. We are right. We're we're all fucking up our kids. It's just it's just about to what degree. I think right. you know. <laughs> I mean, there's a spectrum. Do you do you honestly believe that? I mean, I would like to think. I would like to think when I lay my head on my pillow, compared to my peers, and maybe this is just narcissism. I am not fucking up my kids. I I don't feel like I am. I don't feel like my parents fucked me up. I, that you, kills me that you think that you th- you. I mean, maybe to what degree? Exactly, if you give it's that to disclaimer. what degree? Think about it. I mean, you know, there, there, there's of course your parents fucked you up. Maybe unconsciously, you know, your dad being who he was and doing what he did, being the man that he was, you know, in all of the in all of it, the good and the bad. That shit fucked you up. There's no doubt about it. You know, <laughs> but but that's. That, that, <laughs> I mean, come on, Joe. Josh is with me. I I don't feel like I feel like for where we sit in the world, you know, it, it's very easy to be a lazy parent, and it's very and I see lazy the the place I see late lazy parents the most are in airports. <laughs> airports bring out the laziest <laughs> in the lazy parents. <laughs> it's like get your kid out of the main. People are mm-hmm. walking. They're trampling around. They're freaking out you know they're yelling mm-hmm. they're whatever it's like no we're in public you're not going to scream you're going to stay next to me you're gonna i i don't i think that i'm if if the scale i don't know what the scale is right well, well that, that, that's what i'm saying it's it's basically it's just a it's saying what josh is saying meaning like we're just all trying to kind of figure it out you know which is the truth and and you figure it out with one then you have two and three and by the third one you you think you've figured it out but you've at the same up. time, then you've given up. Exactly. <laughs> but but my point is, is in that process of trying to figure it out, you are putting on your kids some fucked up You know yeah. what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But there's degrees of that. Wilder, for sure, is probably thinking, you know, my dad was too tough or I, I did things the wrong way or there, there are probably things that I have done. Actually, I know there are things that I have done that I look back on that I wish I had not done, meaning he's a sensitive kid and I shouldn't have been as tough with him when he was like, you know, six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, I wish that I sort of understood his sensitivity more. Um, I was basically upset with myself, my own little, my own Oliver as a child. When I'm yelling at Wilder, I'm almost yelling at myself in a way because I saw so much of myself in him. You know, so there are things that I look back on and, and wish that I had done differently, for sure. You know, there's no doubt about that. But that that's it. Josh, you said you're sensitive. I, I kind of feel like we all are. Yeah. I, I know I am. I mean, if I read, if I stick my toe into the internet, especially after a big game, I, I would quit. If I really got <laughs> down in the weeds and started reading about how bad I am and how much I suck. But I we Oliver and I almost called this podcast two sensitive men but you are too i I wonder what it is about i think everybody's sensitive if not there's something wrong with you or you're just a complete egomaniac or narcissist and i I think more people are just some people are willing to admit it Mm -hmm. i think it's okay to admit that you're sensitive yeah right yeah uh but at the same time i feel like sometimes i'm too yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm way too 
opinionated and firm in my beliefs and you know what i what i think is is the right way you know i have i have issues there too where maybe i'm not sensitive enough to other people sometimes yeah. uh you know that's another thing i'm working on is is trying to see things from other people's point of view even if they're wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> right that's what i was gonna say <laughs> right <laughs> Well, you guys, you guys, you know, you guys have had to deal with this because you both have had separations and having to, uh, as far as a parent goes and, you know, Joe, I haven't really even talked to you much about that where, you know, you have, and Josh, JD, same with you, you have one way that you feel like it needs to be done or should be done, but then you have to send your kids off to a whole other environment. And a lot of the times, you know, in these separations, the parents aren't on the same page. Like, how do you... How do you deal with that? You know, I, I don't. I I wouldn't even know how to deal with that if all of a sudden Aaron and I divorce and Aaron's got a totally different way. Uh, I, I, how do you How do you deal with that? Well, I mean, Fergie and I have very different views on the world. Mm-hmm. Very different. Um, you know, and and she would probably not agree with a lot of the things that I say or do, or the way that I, I, you know parents sometimes she's much more structured much more organized um i'm much more sort of spontaneous but she knows what my intentions are Mm -hmm. she knows that at the end of the day that i got i got our son's back no matter what Mm -hmm. and that i do uh he does know that he's loved and he does know that he's 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 taken care of and that he can count on me so we do have very different views on things and one of the things that I'm working on is is really seeing and understanding other people's perspectives on things and trying to be like, okay, well, I guess I can understand why they might think that. You know, have to consider where they're from, what their conditions are, you know, uh, you know what they may have been dealing with earlier in the day. I mean, you never know. Everything mm-hmm. is – and so I try to have some some grace when it comes to that. And, you know, even, even – I don't want to get into politics, but, you know, people think that, you know, back home is a very conservative state, but people think because I live out here, I'm just a, a lefty, a, 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 mm-hmm. a left-wing, you know, radical, and I'm not. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle. I really am. Because if you don't think a certain way, you're completely blackballed. Whereas I will take – it doesn't matter. I'll vote either way if I feel like the guy's got – the right intentions. If the guy or the, or the woman is, is, is the right person for the job at that time. Um, so I don't really lean one way or the other because I try to see what, you know, like who knows what, you know, what situation that person's coming from and why they're behaving the way they are. How can you possibly go? How it's, I, I couldn't understand one or the other. It, that doesn't make sense to me because there's too many different factors too many different issues to just say all one way or all the other way. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like you, you know, but I think, but I, I think anybody bothering to listen to this podcast or anybody that I would care to hang out with is right where Josh said I, somewhere in the middle. Do you think something like this that we're going through right now changes or shifts our consciousness as a, as a nation? It's got to, to some degree. I, I think I, I hope so. I, I, I think there's I think the opportunity there's opportunity for this to have a real impact and a real shift. And uh, and I also think there's a double edged sword to this thing, meaning the longer it goes, 
the more of a chance that we have for a real consciousness shift. But then the longer it goes, the worse sort of it feels. You know what I mean? I think it needs to be ingrained in us. And I think time will allow that to happen. Um, I think if it, if it ends quickly, which of course we all want it to end, it, we might, you might just go back to status quo. You just go back into the world the way that we you know we were before. Um, but I feel there's been a shift for me personally, you know, and I hope I hope it I hope it stays. I'm with you. I'm I'm with what you guys are saying completely. That the the hope is that this is this will lead to a giant reset with the way we even interact with people. Mm-hmm. I don't I I don't think it will that's my hope but i i don't know about you guys but when i see somebody now especially when the quarantine was a little bit more intense and i'm sitting here in st louis i feel like the quarantine here has got different rules certainly than the quarantine in in new york which is where my daughter lives or the quarantine in la which is where my other daughter lives and where you guys are it feels very different but once you started kind of seeing people i i just had a an even more genuine excitement about interacting with anybody yeah. that came came into my path it's like you, the, there's a compassion element that had been lost for everybody walking the earth unless they were part of your really tight circle and and i i feel like that hopefully that's what i think could possibly thaw that we we all realize that we're kind of all in this together it doesn't matter yeah. where you live what you make what that's country true, you live man. in that is so I, true man it does. It has. It has been a very humbling experience, and it's funny when I really, when you really think about how wide of a scope this thing has. I mean, it's every corner of the economy all over the world. I don't. Th- I've never seen anything like this. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. you know, you think you sit here and you think, you know, I, I definitely don't have it as tough as a lot of people out there. That's for sure. But I think that we all can feel and have some sort of. You know, we don't have. We've lost a lot of the liberties that we've that we were that we probably took for granted for so long. And oh yeah. So, like what you say. You know, when you when you get out there and you get a chance to interact with people, hopefully we'll appreciate that a little bit more. Um, I, it's going to be interesting also to see how there. I've seen several uh, news, I guess, features about like the the probably the way we greet each other in the United States is probably going to change. Do you think that's going to happen? The, the handshake. Man, I, I still to this day my my hand my hand goes right out. Mine and too. It's, it's almost like whoop. Sorry, you, you're doing like the old psych. You know, I, I I that's just my nature is to go. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah. Hey, nice to meet you. And now that's that's gone. But I think the you fact think it's gone. Is, you think it's gone for now? No, I don't think it's gone forever. forever? I don't think that's real. I don't know. No, I do not. I think that there's definitely going to be more, if anything's going to change for good, I think it's going to be, I'm not saying the handshake's gone forever, but I'm saying that there's definitely a second thought to that forever going forward. I I, I think so. I mean, I watch TV and and when I see people shaking hands, I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or you see old video of people hanging out. You're like, man, I can't believe they're that close. It's like, it's 1988. Back and forth. No, yeah, I know. Watching uh, watching the last dance, the Jordan thing, they're all celebrating and after a win. I'm like, Jesus, there's major shit going on right now. Uh, yeah, but I, but if there was ever any doubt that we are all interconnected somehow, that, that something that started in Wuhan or wherever the hell this thing started ends up on your doorstep, that that that's that's about 
that that is evidence that is irrefutable. It, mm-hmm. We are all yeah. locked in this thing, all coming at it from different angles, but we're all in it together. And I, not to be kind of Pollyanna or you know, kind of utopian about it, but I, I I honestly believe that that part of it has changed for me. But I'm going to have a tough time not shaking hands with somebody unless they're sneezing on me. I'm not really <laughs> worried about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I might do that, but you can really start freaking people out. But I, I don't know. It's going to be hard. It, it, that would be sad that, that we can't touch as people yeah. and, and have that connection. Well, I miss strangers. The French are fucked. Oh, God. Yeah. The whole European double kiss. And, oh, uh, the double yeah. kiss. That's actually a, that's such an interesting point. <laughs> There's a lot of cultures that do double and triple kisses. Like what? I mean, that's that's no good. No, that is no good. We should go to the three amigos salute. That that was everybody was on their own. It was like dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most contrived. Yeah, that's for the older listeners. Uh, yeah, exactly. Look up here. Look up here. One of the great uh, movies of all time. So what are your, hey, let me ask you, Joe, uh, what are your daughters doing on holiday? I remember back in the day when I'm, I think I first met you at a Black Eyed Peas concert. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, God. do I remember? Yeah, of course. I can't believe you remember that. But yeah, you were, wearing, you were wearing a twins hat. You were wearing a twins hat and my daughters were salivating over the idea of possibly meeting your wife. And yeah. uh, the older one is acting living in New York, got a role on Blue Bloods and uh, has gone to acting school there and is, I think, really talented and not wasting her time. And then the young one is, uh, she's a sophomore finishing up her second year at USC Film School, wanting to be a director. Oh, wow. She wants to be a director. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then you got twins? And then twin two-year-old, twin two-year-old boys that... uh, yeah, up. it's a lot. He's fucking him up. According good. to Oliver, I'm fucking up every day. I wake <laughs> up. I should just stay in my room, which would be great. I, I am conditioned to work at night. My whole adult life, when I go to work, like I used to do the Cardinals every night, it was you get there at 4 o'clock, you get home at 11 o'clock, 11.30 midnight, and then you start the process over again. Now, that's how I live. And now these boys are up at 6.15 every day, 6 o'clock. Yeah. And I, it is, it's a lot. I mean, it's, I'm not complaining. Thank God they are what and who they are, but man, it's, it's been, it's been a slug fest here over the last couple mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, are they, what are they saying about the football season? Are they, are they, are they thinking about, are they thinking about uh, doing it fan free? Yes. And I read yesterday in a Peter King column, he referenced us, Troy and me, doing games in a studio in L.A., not even going to the stadium. Wow. Really? Which is how I auditioned back in 1994. But if you want to feel like you're really on, be in another location. I mean, being there, half the fun and, and half the excitement is just letting it go and letting the crowd carry it. Now there's going to be no crowd, and you're going to be in this antiseptic, literally, uh studio and not even there. I, that's an, that's an interesting point because you do use the crowd 
to your favor. You know, you know when to not say anything. Yeah. Like you know? like when Josh was screaming and yelling at the Minnesota Miracle and Stefan Diggs was going down the sideline, I said four words and the place was shaking like it was going to come down yeah. when he scored the touchdown. And now that's such a big part of the experience. I've talked to executives at Fox. They, they're going through kind of the logistics of it. And I think they're going to put crowd noise under us. And I've even heard they're going to put virtual fans in the stands so that when you're at home watching, it it appears as close to normal really? as possible. So, so this is something that's actually going to happen. They're not going to they're not going to have fans for the season. At least it could happen. No, I, I think all things are on the table. But I, I think as we sit here now, and and we're all talking here at the beginning of May. I would say it's 50-50 at best. Maybe even odds are in the favor of there being no fans uh, in the stands. Wow. That's crazy. Which will be weird not only on TV, but it'll be weird in the stadium for the players. If somebody hit, It'll be like practice. And if somebody yeah. scores a huge touchdown or hits a big home run that wins a game in the ninth inning or changes the score late in the game and there's no noise. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're going to hear a few like golf claps. Yeah, you're like staff or a coach, but but I, I I do believe that they should even think about putting that crowd noise in the stadium for the players just yeah. to make it feel like you're. Remember, this is this is real. We're not. But yeah. what do I know? Uh, it's you know, I wonder. Be, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the play too. You know, because I, I think yes, of these players they feed off of that, and that's you know a lot of the momentum is based on you know how crazy the 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 crowd noise is and how, you know, the, you can feel the audience or the, the, the crowd sort of shifting one way or the other. And that yeah. has to affect the way they play. Has to. I mean, especially in baseball where they're going to cram as many games as they can in a small amount of time, the crowd's got to push some of these guys at times, you know, back, back in the day it was, it was greenies, amphetamines, and that it would get them off the training table and into the lineup. Now that's gone. If there's, if they've eradicated one thing in baseball, it's amphetamines. And I would think the rush and the roar of the crowd has got to get some people pumped up when you're playing day after day, after day, after day, after day. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I do, Josh, I think it'll affect performance and will affect uh, you know the the product that's put out. There. So you want to you want to bring back greenies is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, I uh, that that <laughs> people talked about steroids, 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 and obviously that's a huge that was a huge issue, and and it has to continue to be. But back in the day, 60s, 70s, 80s, into the 90s, that that's well known that those guys were they were it was in the clubhouse, kind of an open policy and. Yeah, that that's gone. That, what are, that what are, no I don't even know what a greenie. What is a greenie? Like an amphetamine. What like speed? Huh. Mm-hmm. Joe's yeah, on I mean, one right now. If I was, I would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> Can I get Dude, some? I could use some right now. <laughs> to sand to to sand your deck. <laughs> that that we could get be, that. Let's make single to mile fun, baby. <laughs> that shit yeah. would be done. That shit would be oh done in like God. three hours. Sawdust flying. There'd be a cloud over his <laughs> home in LA. What's going on at the Dumel house? Oh, he's sanding again. Have you guys have you guys seen that thing that came out today? The uh, the little meme. Hold on one second. Uh here it is. 
Imagine, if you will, a world where Cinco de Mayo falls on Taco Tuesday only to be ruined by a virus named after a Mexican beer. <laughs> I, I mean, who comes up with this shit and how can they put their minds to better, better work? That's I mean, can they, funny. Whoever came up with that should come up with the, the cure for this. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, who thinks like that? That stuff has always blown my mind. Or some of the comments I get, I'm like, put your mind to better use than just ripping my ass. Like, like yeah. get a job. Mm-hmm. Who rips your ass, man? I mean, I don't understand what the problem is. Oh, You're the best they out there. Rip my ass. They rip my ass. That's, you can't yeah. win. Yeah, oh, but you can't they, win. They're turning, dude. They're turning. You're the best, You're the best in the business. Well, thanks, Josh. Seriously. One at a time. Um, JD, do you see your dad a lot still? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He spends his winters in Havasu. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring breaking. We, we didn't get out there yeah. this year. Yeah, it's spring breaking. It's very interesting because he lives in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, right outside there, which is one of the biggest 4th of July spring break destinations. Mm-hmm. 4th of July. And then in the summer goes, or in the winter goes to Lake Havasu. It's like, I don't think it's an accident that he ends up these <laughs> huge <laughs> MTV MTV literally put Lake Havasu on the map. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your I dad just, it's a big spring breaker. It's awesome. So he's out there. Don't don't get me wrong. I'll go out there. I've been out there the last couple of years right at the end of spring break, Havasu. Yeah. And it is amazing to see like that, like the ones who just won't let the party die. Man. Oh. They're just like it is not pretty. Oh, you so sad. Know, you've got the old, you got the old, all the dudes, and they still got their boats out there, but they're, you know, they they've been on one for yeah. A while. Oh and, man, and they're just sort of still hanging on. They got the old barbed wire uh, tattoos. Oh, yes, course. yes, they're on their, mm-hmm. their arms. But yeah, it's uh, it's a fun town. Yes, I do see my dad. I do see my dad a lot. Uh, I see him in, when I go back in the summer. I spend as much time back in, in Minnesota as I can now. Mm-hmm. So I'll see him. He kind of watches over the properties for me. Um, and did you have a stepdad? I, yes. What was that like? I don't even know about this. Did you? George. Mom? Big George. Yeah. My mom was married. Uh, they got, recently got divorced. Uh, but yeah, Big George. He was a, he was a good man. He was. He was a good man. He was yeah. tough. He was a, he was a general contractor. So you can imagine a guy, just imagine yourself at about your age, Ollie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a few years older than you. Mm-hmm. But he got married at, I think, 37 or 38 to my mom. And can you imagine taking on two high school kids? Oh, I was a uh, sophomore in high school. She was a eighth grader, I think. That's crazy. Yeah. And so it was a little bumpy at first, but, you know, over the years, he's become a... You know, Did he try to, like, be your dad and discipline you? Or, or was it just sort of like, look, you have your father... I'm your stepdad. And how did that all work out? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he definitely laid down the law in his yeah. house and it was, you know, and he definitely had no fear about doing that. Cause he, like I said, he was a general contractor and he was yeah. tough. Yeah. And did but your dad really get along? Did your dad get along with him? Yeah. Yeah. But it was, you know, it wasn't like he ever crossed any lines. He always, you know, we were pretty good kids, at least as far as they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So well, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that, you know, where, and Joe, did you, did you have to deal with that? Did your wife remarry? No. no. Okay. No. So, you know, when your wife, your ex-wife remarries and now there's another man in your children's lives and how do you navigate? That? I'm lucky. 
I'm lucky. My uh, here's something you I don't even think I've ever told you this, Ali. My ex-wife dates and has dated for like four years. Chris Wanky, really, really, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at Florida State, and now from Minnesota, by the way, is he? Yeah. Uh, and now an assistant coach at Tennessee. He's awesome. And my my girls, you know, they they think he's great. So I'm lucky. I'm, Wait, I'm, isn't uh, he one of the premier quarterback like gurus? He's he was. Uh, he was for uh, like IMG, I think. And then he uh, he got hired to be an assistant coach with the St. Louis Rams. That's when she met him, and he's since gone to Alabama, now Tennessee. Huh. to coach so he was doing that but yeah i'm I'm lucky that way that i i'm uh you know he's he's just a good guy man's man somebody i covered i did i did his games and and it's like god who knew back then yeah that, uh, he, won the trophy? <laughs> he won the heisman but he was he was an older guy remember he got drafted by the yankees played minor league ball for the yankees then went to florida state and got drafted by carolina like 24 five years old 26 yeah. years old somewhere in there um but yeah so i don't remember uh, anything i mean i remember him of course but i don't remember him like any plays like like what he did to win the heisman that year i don't remember that you look it up oliver have you finished your bowl of carrots yet no no but anyway thanks J- dizzle thanks for for coming on our our little podcast of course. Mm. Um, of course. I thanks for doing this. You got it. All right. Love you, buddy. All right. That was fun, boys. Take care. God bless. Right. Stay safe. Thanks. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. See you. All right, Dizzle. The best. What a great dude. Yeah. You know what? It was great. He's just, he's a good dude. So I was going to, I mean, he, what year were you in the 50 Most Beautiful People? 03? Yeah, I think so. He was 04. Was he really? Yeah. What were you? What number were you on the 50? I don't even know. I don't think it was about like being number one. I think it was just like a whole thing. Like if you're in it, you're in it. Did you politic to be in it? Did you have an agent pitch you for that? I don't know. I feel like I'm much better looking now, though. So, Do you? you know. Yeah. I mean, not, not in this current moment because I look like a fucking zombie from Walking Dead, but... You know, once I'm, <laughs> once I'm healthy. When's um, that going to happen? You've been talking about that for literally three years. Oh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. Just leave me alone. Does Josh give you like some sort of inspiration? Uh, no, that guy's just like a genetic freak, you know? He's he's like he like glows all the time, and then he but he gets his drink on, and you know he knows how to have a good time. But he always just kind of looks great, no matter he's what happens. To, he's come to a couple games that I've done, and then we've hung out afterward. And I can honestly say, could not be a nicer person to people just coming up to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. when you go out with certain people you're worried when somebody invades the group, how they're going to react. And, uh, he is just a good guy. Just like he's, he's very welcoming. And, and if people are kind of idiots, he, he, because they're nervous or whatever, he makes them feel comfortable. So I, I love that about him. 